preached, God's word read and preached, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy and he says these words. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is the judge, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Right, before we come to God's word today, let us, let us take some time just to pray. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you, the author of the word. You, through the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke to men. And they recorded what you had to say. And Father, we thank you for it. We thank you that you are not silent. We thank you that you do want to communicate to us. We thank you that you want to be known. And Father, one of the primary ways that you want to be known is through your word. We thank you for it. Father, this morning we come to you and what we read in your word is that we are to pray for our leaders and those who you have sovereignly placed over us and Father we do that this morning you in your sovereignty have acted this week Father we thank you for a life that was well lived in your service. And Father, we do pray for the King. We pray. We pray that you would save him. That you would speak to him. That you would draw him to yourself. And that he would hear from you. We need godly leaders. And so that's what we pray for. Speak to us now through your word, which you have penned through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, as I say, we are looking at this passage in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. It comes as the first, really, last week was our setup, our introduction to our series, Life in the Ordinary. Uh, and this series, Life in the Ordinary, is looking at the, the ordinary means of grace which God has given us by which he is made known. 
by which he has made known. We, I was very clear last week. God has made ways in which he is known, and they are his ways, not ours. God is, is wanting to be known, wanting us to know him, but he wants us to do it on his terms. And that's fine, because he is the God of all creation, and he do, does as he pleases, and we're okay with that. But what are, just a reminder, what are the ordinary means of grace by which God has made himself known and wants to be known? They are the word read and preached. They are prayer, baptism, and communion. Those are the things, the means by which God has made himself known and wants to be known. And so as today we, we're picking up the first one of these, uh, they're in no means by order. Uh, probably you'll, you'll understand this as I get going. This is the one where I wanted to get it out of the way first. It's like me getting up here sometimes and talking about money. It's extremely uncomfortable. All right. So when I get up and talk about the word preached, this is my job. And so this is one I wanted to get done first so we can move on to the rest. But let's think about what it means that God communicates to us and, and the importance of preaching. This text is the Apostle Paul writing to a young pastor. And it's almost one of the last things he says to this young pastor. And as you know, we've been through a few books of the Bible now. And, and, and you'll, you'll see a pattern emerge. When someone comes to the end of the book, it's almost as if these are the most important things that I want to say to you. You'll see that pattern evolve. And you've, you've probably saw it. This is Paul writing to a young pastor. And he's giving him his most important advice. Right, something to say as we get going this morning. Just because this is the Apostle Paul writing to a young pastor doesn't mean you switch off. Because it's very easy. I know, oh, well, Paul's writing to a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I don't do much preaching. Well, this isn't relevant for me. I'm going to show you this is extremely relevant for you. This is extremely relevant for you, so do not switch off. You are not off the hook this morning when it comes to this. And we know it is a, a passage contains an exhortation to preachers. That's true, but it doesn't mean that we are off the hook when it comes to listening to this. It is just as practical, just as applicable to anyone. To anyone. So... The Apostle Paul does three things here, really, when he's writing to this young pastor. He does this. First of all, he gives the charge. And he explains to this young pastor the solemnity of the charge. Now, that's a word that we're not really used to either. Again, this week, we'll be introduced to it uh, more and more. But, but the Apostle Paul wants to get across that this is a serious thing. It's a solemn charge. And so he gives that charge. It's an exhortation. The second thing that he does then is he explains the content of the charge. First, he, he explains the solemnity of it. Secondly, he blames the, the, or, or gives the, the content of it. And thirdly then, we're going to see him give the context of it. What he's speaking this into. It's not into some void. It's not into some ethereal just 
putting it out there, it's into a specific context at a specific time for a specific purpose. And it comes to us today at a specific time in a specific context for a specific purpose. Three things. The solemnity of the charge, the seriousness of it, the content of the charge, and then the context of the charge. Right. Let's look at the charge. You all know what a charge is. You've probably, some of you may have been to uh, the ordination or installation of a minister or a pastor at some stage, and you'll have heard the charge. It'll be on the, uh, it used to be on the, like, I'm going to go from Presbyterian background, but it used to be on the order of service when you went to the ordination of a Presbyterian minister. It was there. The charge. It was as simple as that. The charge. You'll know what it is. Just before this, the context of this charge comes in in 3 Timothy, where Paul has just told Timothy what Scripture is. Let me read that to you. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. He says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So there, Paul has just told Timothy what Scripture is, what the Word is, right? He's explained it for him. Breathed out by God, profitable for everything. So he moves on from telling Timothy what it is to what he has to do with it. From what it is to what he has to do with it. And what he has to do with it is preach it. Preach it. But before Paul gets to tell him to preach the word, Paul wants to remind Timothy just what that means and remind him of the weight of what he's actually doing as he does it. And so he gives him a charge. And in this charge, there are four qualifying phrases. Four qualifying phrases. Look at it there. In some versions, I am only giving you four, in some versions, in some interpretations of the Bible, it says, I solemnly charge you. It doesn't say that in the ESV, but in some it says, I solemnly charge you. Look what it says. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God. In the presence of God. And what Paul is doing here is he's saying to to this young pastor, that's the one that's watching. That's the one that's watching. God, maker of heaven and earth. Paul is saying the audience at this this charge, this oath-taking that we're we're doing here in 2 Timothy, the one that is, is watching and the one that is observing this is God, maker of heaven and earth. And he wants Timothy to be aware of that. He wants Timothy to feel the weight of that. And so he impresses that on Timothy and gives him this solemnity. God is watching. He goes on. I charge you in the presence of God. That's the first one. And of Christ Jesus. Not only is God the Father watching, but but God the Son is watching. Christ Jesus is watching. What Paul is saying is, Timothy, we are right now under the gaze of the Redeemer. 
Timothy's job would be to preach the word of salvation, which is given by whom? Christ Jesus. And it is under him that you're getting this charge. God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth, and Christ Jesus, the Redeemer. Paul doesn't stop there. I charge you in the presence of God, the maker of heaven and earth, and of Christ Jesus, the one who gives the message that you're about to preach, who is to judge the living and the dead. If there ever was a sober phrase, that's it. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Not only is he a savior, Timothy, but he is a judge. Paul is, Paul is saying to Timothy, I don't want you to ever forget that Lord, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, you are under his watchful gaze and you are going to give an account for what you do. In other words, he's reminding Timothy that those who preach are going to be judged in accordance to their faithfulness of what they say by the Lord Jesus Christ on the last day. That's why James says things like this. Let not many of you become teachers knowing that you will incur stricter judgment. Why does James say that? Why does James say not many of you should become teachers because you know that you, those who teach will become are under stricter judgment? You will be under stricter judgment because you talk about these things all the time. And you better be sure you're not leading people astray with what you say. You'll give an account for it. He will judge you for it. How well you served the flock, how faithfully you preached the word. You see, and I'm trying, you, you probably noticed, but I want us to get the solemnity of the charge here. Paul is not playing games. He finishes this charge. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. That's a weird phrase. Why add that in there at the end? Here's why he adds that in. Here's why he just adds that. We caveat at the end to say, and by the appearing and his kingdom. Every good gospel preacher longs for that day. Every good gospel preacher longs for the day of his appearing. You've heard me say it before. I will say it until I'm done. I wish King Jesus would come back and wrap this all up. This world is messed up. We are messed up. 
And the only thing that will fix that is the appearing. When Jesus ushers in his new kingdom. That's why the Apostle Paul adds that little phrase. And by the appearing and his kingdom. So there we have it. The solemnity of the charge. It's a serious thing. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing on his kingdom. That's the, the charge, the solemnity of the charge. Right, okay, what is the charge? Timothy, keep on proclaiming the truth. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Here, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy what his number one priority has to be. Preach the word. This word, preach, preach the word. Well, that's a, that's a word that we, let, let's just be honest. I think in modern, in modern day church life, the word preach is a word that sometimes we don't like because it has certain, we have certain connotations of it in our minds. We, think we, 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 we look at certain things that went on maybe in the past and we think preaching is a bad thing. Paul doesn't think it's a bad thing. Paul says, Timothy, this is your number one priority. Preach the word. Preach. It has a connotation of authority. It is heralding the good news of the gospel. It is bringing God's message. Preaching is bringing God's message. Like, see what we do here on Sundays. I know it may seem like this sometimes, and I know it may feel like this sometimes. But when I get up here and when I'm doing what I'm doing, I am not, we're not having a chat. Preaching the word has been ordained by God that God would speak to us. Through the Spirit, He comes and He uses uh, no idea how, no idea why, but He uses vessels to, to open up His word and to speak to His people. That's what He does. That's what He has ordained that he, He's going to do. And there is authority with it. There is authority with actual preaching. Look, look at the, the imperatives here that, that the, the Apostle Paul uses. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Right, let's, let me just address that phrase there, right? Because do you know what we could do now? And this is me having a chat now, right? <laughs> do you know what we could do now? We could get into that and be like, what does that mean? What does Paul mean? What does Paul mean in season and out of season? Does that mean that there's going to be specific times where, you know, you do it in specific times, and, you know? There's only two times, in season and out of season. Guess what he means? All the time. You know, it's quite simple. All the time. There is only in season and out of season. So it's not complicated. All the time. Preach the word. Preach it. 
And then he gives these imperatives. Look at them. And they come with authority. There is an authority with the preaching of the word. In season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Timothy is above all other things to publicly proclaim this divinely authorized message. Whether it's convenient or not convenient, whether it's popular or not popular, whether it's welcome or not welcome, he is to preach the word. And as I say, not only is he to pre- preach the word in a positive light, it says there he is to reprove and rebuke. That is to warn people, to warn people of the falsehood of sin, to warn people if they're going in, their, in, a, in, a, in error. It is to speak to the conscience and to aim for conviction and repentance. He is to remind us, Paul says, of the consequences of our sin. You see, that's not easy. That is not easy. Because as we'll see as we go through this passage, what what people want now is to be told how lovely they are and about how much worth they are and about how valuable they are. And there is no doubt that they are all those things. But what we do not want to hear is how sinful we are and in how much error we are in and how wrong we can be. And Paul says to young Timothy, you are going to have to do this, Timothy. Because sometimes, whether we like it or not, the Word, the Word will tell us that. It will tell us that. And we cannot shy away from that. And in a moment, I'm going to talk about why it's important, and this is where it's applicable for you, why it's important that we do expository preaching. Because what expository preaching does, it means that we can't get away from the hard bits. If, if you go through a book of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, inevitably that means that you can't escape the hard parts. I remember when we did Mark 10, or like we were going through Mark, and we were coming up to Mark 10. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's one of them really uplifting chapters about divorce and remarriage, you know? And, and like, I can remember in here like being like, one of them wee John shaking at the knees, jobs. But it's the Word of God. And it can't be avoided. And it has to be preached. Preach both positively and against sin. You have to tell people. It's not enough to tell people you're right all the time or you're lovely all the time or you're whatever. Paul says you're going to have to need to reprove and rebuke. 
But he also says to exhort. Reprove, rebuke and exhort. What does he mean? Well, you're to have this tender fatherly affection for the people that you're preaching to. You are to lift them up where the word tells you to lift them up. You are to be encouraged. You are to encourage where the word tells you to encourage. That's how it's worked. This is a holistic thing. It's not just one or the other, and it can never be just one or the other. It must be both. And so Paul here tells young Timothy, preach the word. So we have the charge and the solemnity of the charge in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and the appearing and of his kingdom. Then the content, preach the word. That's why... That's why we do this. That's why I do this. That's why it's in it, part of our service. Because what we have here is the apostle telling a young pastor to make this central in all that you do. This is priority. There's many other things that we could do. Many other good things that we can do. But as long, I'm going to say, as long as Ali, Marcus, and I are elders of Cornerstone Church, preaching of the Word will be central. Preaching of the Word. Paul gives this charge preach the Word. Right. And you might be saying, right, John, yes. Oh, class. That's brilliant. That's fine and good. And that would be a great message to preach if you're at a, at a minister or pastor's ordination. As I say, it's always there. Brilliant message to preach. That would be great. Uh, there are a lot of preachers out there that need to hear that, John. Yes, that's true. I would agree. Uh, and you may be thinking that this exhortation by the Apostle Paul has nothing to do with you. But it does. But it does. In fact, it has so many things to do with you. And I don't, have to, I don't have time this morning to tell you all the things that it has to do with you. But let me give you some specific applications of how this affects you this morning. First application is this. Paul is telling Timothy what he must do for the people of God, right? Right? That's it. He's telling them, you must do this. This is the one thing I'm telling you to do. Preach the word. Paul is telling, preach the word. In other words, Paul is saying to be a faithful minister of God, you must preach the word. Well, if he's saying that, then it must mean that the preached word is what the people of God need to hear. Yes? You get the logic? It is what we need. Paul is saying to this guy, this is what you do. So if he's saying this is what you do, then he's saying this is what the people need. This is what the people need. We need, we all need 
to hear the faithful preaching of God's word. And when we come to a passage on a Sunday morning, when we come in here and hear a passage on a Sunday morning in which your hope, like you're putting a lot of hope in what I do, let's just be honest. But your hope is that I have spent all week in this passage. That I have read, that I have, that I have studied, that I have prayed, that I have got myself into this passage so much that God is going to speak through what I say. That is your hope when we come in here on Sunday mornings. It's not, please, please, it's not a trifling thing to come in here and listen the word of God preached. It's not. It is important for us all. We want to hear God speak. And because we know God loves us, we know that this is the way that he wants to speak to us. And so when we come to a passage like this where Paul tells Timothy and all faithful gospel preachers preach the word, then we must come to it and we must be praying like this, Lord, if you are going to speak in this way, let me hear what you have to say. And I am amazed by how many different ways God speaks through the one passage to different people in different circumstances. He does. So I want that to be our prayer as we come in here on Sunday mornings. You can tell me differently. I know my attitude some Sundays isn't wonderful coming in here. Because it's, it's a Sunday and it's a morning. Let's just be honest. But sometimes I think we come in here and we're not ready. We're not prepared. We haven't put ourselves in a place where we can actually listen. But here's a very simple thing to do, that we can do that. When we come in here on Sunday mornings, it's just to pray, God, whatever you have for me today, through your word, speak to me. Speak to me. This is the way that he will speak. And so Paul is telling Timothy what the people of God need. And if he's telling the people of God what they need, then the people of God need to be praying that they will speak through that means. And Timothy here is to preach the word. Preach the message of God in the scriptures. And this is where I want to say to you and want to just explain the importance of of expository preaching. Now that's a, that's a big that's a big term expository preaching. What does that mean? What does it mean? What it means is this. You let the text dictate what you say. You expose what's in the text expository preaching. You expose what's in here. Right? You do not let your opinions or your thoughts dictate what the text says. 
Let me show you an example. It is possibly one of the worst examples of preaching that I have ever heard. And it wasn't that... Uh, it's not it's not Friend. I'm not going to tell you where it was. I'm not going to tell you because you're mad keen to know. You're mad keen to know right now. You're, I know you are. You're nosy biddies and I know you're rightly. And you want to know where it was. I'm not going to tell you. But it was not that far away. <laughs> not in the town. Not in the town. Not that far away. I'm hooking you in. I'm bringing you in. No. I'll give you an example. It was... The, the story that was being, the biblical story that was being preached was the story of the prodigal son. Right? Now the story of the prodigal son, let me, let me, let me tell you what the story of the prodigal son is about, just so you know. The story of the prodigal son is about a father who loves his children, who welcomes his children home, no matter what they have done, no matter how far they've roamed, no matter how far they've went, he welcomes them in. That's the story of the prodigal son. This preacher, in one of his application points, said this. Have you noticed that there is no mother in the story of the prodigal son? She was probably away getting her hair done or her nails done. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. The story is about the lack of a mother in a child's life. Now, if I had a big stick, folks, you need to be careful to what you listen to. That is just wrong. Nowhere in the story of the prodigal son can you make that leap. Nowhere. That is letting your opinions, what you think of the world, dictate what the text says. Folks, we need faithful, biblical, expository preaching. We're preaching and the application are derived from the text, not from our opinions. Expository preaching is hard. Expository preaching is not easy because, and it's not easy to listen. I know it's not easy. Trust me, I feel sorry for you every single week. It's not easy to listen because there are easier forms of communication to listen. You know, I could come in here on Sundays and do some sort of TED talk like, and, and give you three pieces of advice for the week and walk out and you'd be like, whoop-de-doop, we know what to do now. That's not what you're called to do. That's not what we're called to do. That's not what this gathering is about. This gathering is about the preaching of God's Word. It is about what Paul says is preaching. It is heralding this divinely authorized message of God to a sinful and needy world and telling them that at times where they need to be told that. Folks, that's why, again, 
we are committed to expositional preaching through books of the Bible. That's where we will spend 90% of our time, if not 95% of our time in the year, going through books of the Bible because then you see where you're going. You can open up the book, open up the book. That's what we tell you to do. Open up the book every Sunday and hopefully you will be able to look down at the book and you will be able to say, yes, I can see a direct link from what that says to what he's saying. If you can't do that, If you can't do that, if you can't sit with the Word of God in front of you and make a direct link from what it says to what I'm saying, you need to speak to me. And I need to stop. Folks, it comes in a context, this charge. And the context is this. Let me read it to you and let me see if it sounds, and you can tell me if it sounds familiar. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Does that sound familiar? Paul couldn't have been more accurate for our day. He, he literally couldn't have, he couldn't have looked 2,000 years ahead and been like, do you know what? This is what the guys in Refrain are going to need in, in 2022. Because this is spot on. This is like, I'm, I'm telling you, this is our time. This is our time. Like up until the last, I'm going to say, we used to have tapes and CDs back in the day, right? They were a good thing. They were brilliant. But up until the last 20 years, let's just say, 20 years, 20 years the world has dramatically changed. Right? Now, you can go on and you can go to YouTube. You can go to your podcasts. You can go to wherever you want. And you can accumulate for yourself, as the text says here, teachers that will tickle your ears. And tell you exactly what you want to hear. And, and that's what we do. That's what we do. We, we go on the internet. We go on to YouTube. And we ta- we, 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 we go- I guarantee you. I, like, I'm just talking about myself, right? Like, I'm not going to go on and, and listen. I'll just be, be honest. I'm not going to go on and listen to people I don't want to listen to. Yeah, you with me? You'll go on and you'll listen to people you want to listen to. Never, never has there been a time, never has there been a time where this is so easy to accumulate for ourselves teachers that will tell us what we want to hear. Paul says there will be a time when people will not listen to the truth. And they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Folks, I hope I'm not over-egging it to say we live in a time and in a world where the expositional preaching of God's word has never been so important. 
because the flock of God is in imminent danger of wandering into silly myths. It's everywhere. There are worship services, as I said it on Wednesday night in our home group, and people couldn't believe there are worship services where the Word of God is not read nor preached. Where the message has absolute, maybe, maybe the Word is read, but the message has absolutely nothing to do with what has been read from the Word. There are imminent dangers all around us, and we need to be aware, and this is why it is so important for you, this message. Be, as your pastor, be careful. Be careful who and what you're listening to. I say that because I love you. I say it because I love you. I do not want you getting into harm's way. That's why we do what we do here. We expositionally preach the word of God. That's why it is part of our worship gatherings. That's why it will be a part of our worship gatherings. That's why we preach books of the Bible. As I say, 95% of the time, that's what we'll do. We will do the odds series. We'll do a Christmas series. We may do something like this. But you're probably never going to... I'll just be honest. You're probably never going to get me doing a sermon series on... Nine steps to a healthy marriage. Or nine steps to a better family. I don't know why I say nine all the time. What's the, what's the crack with nine? I've just caught myself on there. Every time I talk about that, I say nine. I don't know, is there nine steps or something? I don't even know if there is. You're, I'll just be you're not going to get that here. what you'll get is the expositional preaching of God's word. Paul says, preach the word. Let me read to you from John chapter 1. John chapter 1, the prologue of John's gospel. says this, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life is the light of men, and that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Preach the Word. Preach Christ. Paul said this, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Preach the Word. We're thankful for the Scriptures. We're thankful that God has given them to us. We pray that we would handle it rightly. We pray that it would be a central part of our gatherings. But we pray that we will never forget the word that is Christ Jesus. For without him, nothing matters. Without his saving 
sacrifice. None of it matters. Today as I finish, I'll ask you to do this. Take the charge that Paul gave to Timothy. As seriously, as church members, as people who come to Cornerstone. Take that charge as seriously as anyone else. When Paul says to Timothy, preach the word. Even though you may not be preaching the word, look for the preaching of the word. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we do again thank you for your word. It's, it's, I don't have the words to describe what it is, how powerful it is, but you told us it's a light, it's a lamp. It shows us who you are and it shows us who we are. And so, Father, I pray today that we would appreciate it, that we would love it, we would love the word, that we would know it, that we would be watchful. And most of all, we pray that you would speak to us through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.